Welcome to Brody Sports Talk. My name is Caleb Walgren, and we are joined with my partner, colleague, Vikings fan, uh, Travis Conway is with us on the podcast. Uh, say hi, Travis. Tell us how you're doing. Doing good, guys. How are you all doing today? Caleb, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's been a crazy week for me at work, but such is life sometimes. Uh, I'm ready to talk some football and have a good time, so let's jump into it. Um, first things first, uh, before we even got to the games this week, we saw two players sign contract extensions. The now injured Tyreek Hill <laughs> and the uh, another player that is in the conversation for greatest receiver in the league, Julio Jones. Uh, which one did you think was better bang for the buck, Travis? No, bang for the buck. That's a tough one. Um, I'm probably going to have to go with Hill. Yes, I know he's hurt, but I think he's got more ceiling at this point. Jones is kind of coming closer to the end of his career. So I think from a team perspective, I think getting Hill for as long as they did is going to be the more lucrative for the team. Personally, I'm, I'm on the other side of that. I think Julio Jones, he's the ideal size. He's huge. He's got good hands. He's been the best part of the Falcons offense ever since he joined it. Uh, apologies to Matt Ryan. Uh, the Matty Ice all day. No way. Julio Jones is greater than Matt Ice. Um, I just think as well, Julio is going to be a lot happier on his contract because he's got like 97% of it guaranteed, I believe. So Julio's getting paid. Uh, we know that Tyreek is technically getting paid. I don't know what all outs they have in that contract for off the field uh, issues if they were to arise. <laughs> they will. Also, I'm worried about what this injury could do. And it's a, well, uh, he's out four to six weeks, broken clavicle. That came out today. Okay. Um, so maybe it's not a long term thing. Granted, Aaron Rodgers has broke his collarbone more than once. Also, I just, I feel like Hill is fast, and I don't know if he were to have an ACL issue at some point, or if he, you know, if something happens to his speed, he's not the same guy, whereas Julio is not just a speed guy, he's an all-around threat. I can understand that. Um, So, speaking of injuries around the league, we saw that... Hill was hurt. We just talked about that for a brief moment. I wanted to talk about a couple of other injuries that we had seen. Uh, let's go to Nick Foles. Uh, they, he's already had a surgery. Yep. He's on IR with the designation to return, which means he's out at least eight weeks. Yep. We have the most famous gardener in the NFL, Gardner Minshew, <laughs> taking over at quarterback. And we have leading the charge. their new backup, Joshua, don't call me Dab, Dobbs, <laughs> and oh, they are going to be leading the Jaguars' offense. And I'm pretty sure if Jalen Ramsey could say what he wanted to about them, we would not be fit to hear that in public. <laughs> um, not be Travis, the Nick, Bible school. the Nick Foles injury. Uh, I feel bad. How does that change your outlook on the Jaguars this year? Well, my outlook wasn't great to begin with, but I, Gardner Minshew came out and killed it. Um, 
you know, his stats were phenomenal for someone who you didn't even know existed two weeks ago. Um, however, I just feel bad for Foles. You know, you you help the Eagles do what the Eagles have done the last couple of years, and you're finally getting your own team, and you go down in week one. Uh, you just feel bad for the guy. Uh, hopefully he comes back and kills it. But, I mean, like I said, my my thoughts on the Jaguars weren't too high in the first place. But, I don't know, maybe we found a diamond in the rough with Gardner Minshew. Who used to play for who? The Washington State Cougars. Uh, yeah, that's why I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other injury that I saw that I thought was interesting was Joe Mixon getting hurt against the the Seahawks, mm-hmm. the Bengals actually had a chance of taking that upset in Seattle, which would have been huge in week one. Uh, road wins are not easy to get in the NFL, and road wins in Seattle are few and far between over the last decade. Um, they're saying it's day-to-day, but I also think there's a chance that we just don't see him this weekend, and they say, hey, you know that contract extension we just gave you, Giovanni Bernard? You're starting week two. Have yeah. a good one. Um, I think that it's probably more fantasy relevant than team relevant, but at the same time, it's interesting to see what happens. Absolutely, I I don't think he'll be gone long, but I think he'll be gone long enough for Bernard to at least see a couple of starts. Um, but I guess we'll see. I mean, Joe Mixon has come back from worse injuries before, so I guess we will see. Um, well, let's go ahead, and um, before we get to picks, I do want to say we both got five wins this weekend. We're just going to measure wins. Keeping it even. <laughs> and so because of that, Travis will have first pick across the board again. I thought I was going to get the first pick because my picks were trash, and then Travis's picks came in equally trashy. <laughs> um, of our picks, we both got two of our seven college football games right and three out of the four NFL games. So, NFL, yes. NFL, we apparently are some money picks at the NFL. <laughs> college picks, uh, we, we don't like the spread for college picks in general. No. And in the first couple weeks, it's really hard to pick spreads because everybody's playing random players or random teams. You know, last week, you know, OSU was playing McNeese, and there was an actual spread on it. And, like, how do you pick how much OSU's going to beat McNeese by? They were pretty accurate, though. Um, clearly, we don't work for Vegas for a reason. That is true. That is true. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about our home, I would say our hometown teams, our uh, Hober teams. Uh, we're going to start college. I'm going to pass it to Travis to go ahead and give us a bit of a recap of that McNeese State game and a preview as Oklahoma State is going to be on the road on that long trip to Tulsa. A whopping hour away. <laughs> so, the Minnesota State game went about as well as I expected it to. Um, I honestly was shocked there at the very beginning. Uh, it was Our very first drive was a three and out. Um, they shut us down. They're, they were getting to our quarterback way too easy. And then we realized that you know we have to play football, and we turned it back on. Um, our second play on defense uh, from the beginning of the game was a pick six, so can't go wrong with that, and that was awesome to watch. But, I mean, clearly OSU was predicted to win this game by a lot, and that's, you could definitely tell that there was a talent difference. 
However, I will say the best player on McNeese State is their punter. That kid dropped us within the 20 almost every single time he punted, and it was ridiculous the kind of yardage that we had to battle every single drive. Um, it was nice to uh, watch LSU in Texas and watch Ed Orgeron coach while OSU was beating up on his son. Because I didn't realize it until the game, but his son is the quarterback of Whitney State. And so that was fun. Very nice. Um, <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, successful punters, and I transitioned to my <laughs> Nebraska discussion. I just want to say, uh, what's up, J.K. Scott? <laughs> you the man. Best MVP of the Packers week one. Uh, we'll get to that more in a moment. But uh, the Nebraska recap and preview. Um I, I don't really want to talk a lot about the Colorado game because <laughs> Colorado has now beat us in back-to-back games, and I don't like Colorado. I, I am a homer for Nebraska. Travis doesn't like Colorado. We don't really want to dwell on you know being up 17 to nothing at the half and giving up a horrible flea flicker that changed the momentum of the game. Um, I also think going to overtime when you don't have your full-time kicker healthy stinks. You don't want to put your senior punter who hasn't kicked field goals since high school out there to kick field goals in overtime. (laughs) Overtime was a significant disadvantage for our squad because while our defense and offense were okay, our offense is more of a feast or famine, which is not good for overtime. And our defense, I mean, our special teams just didn't have it. We, when you can't kick field goals, you don't want to be in overtime. Um, with that being said, we are facing Northern Illinois this week. Uh, two years ago when we hosted Northern Illinois, we threw two pick sixes and lost 21-17. to 17. Uh, Shout out Tanner Lee. Uh, I think you're somewhere in the NFL right now. Is he really? Uh, he was on the Jaguars at one point. Oh, anyway. <laughs> anyway... I know that even though it's Northern Illinois and I wanted to be able to be like, ha ha, Huskies, we're going to take you down. They also were a team that last week was tied at 14 at the half with Utah, who is a top 12 team. I don't really want to mess around. I want Nebraska to be up at the half and learn how to put a team away in the second half. We know how to be up at halftime. We showed that last week against Colorado. Now we need to be able to seal the deal. It is one of those things where winning is a learning process, and Nebraska, despite all of the preseason hype, hasn't gone through that process yet. We did go 4-8 and eight last year. We need to turn it around to get more wins on the table this season. Early. Um, let's go ahead, before we do our picks, let's talk about our NFL teams. Travis... Um, Got it. Well, let's let's do recaps and then let's preview it together because. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, my Vikings got a win. Um, it was against a Falcons team. Um, had you told me the Vikings were going to win a game without throwing the ball, I would have would have thought you were talking about previous Vikings teams with Adrian Peterson, but they threw the ball ten times. That's not what you do in the NFL. You don't throw the ball ten times. Uh, they, but they looked good. Dalvin Cook dominated. Um, the passes that he did throw were decent. I'm still not a firm believer that Kirk Cousins is the answer there, but he's the answer currently. 
and so we got to ride it out. But yeah, the Vikings looked good this week. Uh, I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, get to play uh, your Packers. Well, let me recap the Packers game real quick. J.K. Scott punted nine times. I'm just kidding. I don't know how many times he punted or how many yards he had. Uh, But he was probably the most effective player on the field every time he was on the field. Consistently pinning the Bears way deep in their own end and giving our defense plenty of room, which we didn't normally need, to be able to handle the Bears' pathetic offense. Um, It was a bit of an ugly week one game. I think that's part of what happens when neither starting quarterback plays any preseason games. I also thought Matt Nagy made some really critical mistakes in, you know, not using David Montgomery more because he's a beast. Mm-hmm. And I have him on fantasy, so if they could use him more, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> um, but it it felt like the Bears were overconfident in their offense and leaned way too much on their defense. Their defense did a fantastic job for the majority of the game. They got to Rodgers consistently. The Packers struggled to run the ball. We did have that beautiful 47-yard pass to Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the second quarter to lead to the only touchdown of the game. For any of you who had Jimmy Graham scoring the first touchdown of the fantasy football season, You were totally wrong, but it turned out that you were totally right. Um, Jimmy Graham's been on by low for a long time. Um, As we go in to face the Vikings, I'm curious because I feel like it is going to be a similar game because I feel like the Vikings want to do the same things the Bears did on offense. They want to run the ball. They want want to do it successfully. Well, yes. Um, and the Packers' strength probably in their defense is actually their secondary. So I think the Vikings are still going to want to run the ball. It's going to be a question of how well the Vikings can run against the Packers' defense. And Dalvin Cook goes for with that being yards. said, I think it's also a how often do the Vikings get themselves into manageable situations on third down. Third and shorts. Because if... You're sitting out there with third and eight on a regular basis for the Vikings. I think that Savage is a rookie and Jair Alexander. We have some guys that can actually match up mm-hmm. with the Vikings on the outside, which feels super weird to say because the Packers have not had a good defense in a long time. <laughs> and it's also a question of, for me, when the Packers have the ball, how much better does Aaron Rodgers look than he did this past week? Aaron Rodgers looked really kind of ugly with the pass. He's throwing it to the receiver's feet. He was not on target. He looked rusty like someone who didn't play in the preseason because, like I said, he didn't play in the preseason. It was not the worst game for us on offense, but I also think LaFleur wants more of that zone run, and I also think it will be interesting I don't know where the Vikings... I feel like the Vikings' strength on defense has typically been in their secondary as well. Mm -hmm. And so, to say who runs the ball better, I don't know that I like my odds on that, but this one is at least in Lambeau. Right, Um, that helps. we'll We'll get to picks later, but I think to say that someone is super confident in one side or the other is a little bit off. 
Unless you are a homer. I am absolutely a homer. Vikings are winning that bad boy, and Dalvin Cook's going to run on them all day. My, my key for the Vikings win is really getting to Rodgers. Um, yes, our secondary is, is our strength of our defense, but if we can get some edge rushers to get to Rodgers, we have learned over countless years of playing this man that if you can hit him a couple times, his confidence has rattled, and it, it, you know, he starts playing worse than he does normally. Uh, so that's my key to victory. Um, obviously, Dalvin Cooks need to do needs to do what he he does, and Cousins just needs to put the ball in Thielen's hands and let Thielen take care of it. I just want to say I hope we don't end up with a week two tie again. Oh gosh, no! And I hope we don't have any stupid roughing the passer calls. So uh, hashtag bitter, uh, but at the same time. Let's just play the game. It's fine time to, to break the tie streak at Lambeau Field between the Vikings and the Packers. Let's time. Let's, let's have it. someone win a game. Yes. Um, let's go to picks. Uh, Travis, you are the first up. If you did not listen last week, we are picking a draft from one of each of the Power Five conferences, a group of five, and then also a wild card, which can be back into the conferences, or it can be one of them being an independent. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis, you're up first. What you got? Um, I'm actually going to start with my, I think my group, group of five. Um, and I think I, where did it go? I have the list here and I lost. Um, where did it go? Oh, I'm taking Houston to cover eight and a half against Washington State. Houston plus eight and a half is the first one for Travis going with the Group of five, I'm going to uh, pick against myself from last week. I'm going to go to the ACC. <laughs> I'm going to take NC State minus six and a half against the pathetic West Virginia Mountaineers. That's an easy. They pick. shot me in the foot last week, and I am ready to shoot back. Yeah. So That's a my pretty, apologies pretty to the Mountaineers. I know they're at home. I also know that I don't think they have an offense. Yeah. So NC State Wolfpack. That's what's up. I'm going to hop over to the SEC, and I'm actually going to take my second favorite team against my third favorite team, and I'm going to take Arkansas 9.5 against Colorado State. Interesting. Interesting to watch. I probably won't watch that game because I won't know who to root for. So, looking around, I'm going to go to the Big Ten. I'm going to go with the most exciting offense in the Big Ten, I'm going to take Maryland minus seven on the road at Temple. For those of you who may have missed it, Maryland, Maryland has scored, I believe it's 78 and 63 in their first two games. They were a four-point favorite last week against Syracuse, and they won by 43. They're playing Temple, people. It's Temple. Yep. I have far more respect for Syracuse than Temple. No offense to all the Owl fans out there. Maryland minus seven, lock it in. I feel very good about that one. Speaking of Syracuse, I'm going to hop over to the ACC, and I'm going to ride that number one pine pony all the way to the victory here with Clemson minus 27 and a half against the Orange people. 
Uh, Orange, if you could pull a Texas A&M from last week and score a touchdown in the final six minutes, six seconds to cover the spread, I would really appreciate that. Don't do that. All right, all right. Just put your foot on the gas and never let it up. Let me see what all we have left here. Hmm. I'm going to steal probably yours. I'm going to the Big 12. No! And I'm going to take Oklahoma State no. minus 14. <laughs> because uh, I feel good that's... about them taking care of business against the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. That uh, be the allowed. in-state rivalry. Part of me feels a little sneaky about that one, but that's he didn't take them. He had several opportunities. We're going Oklahoma State minus 14. So... That stinks. Um, man, that hurts. All right, I'm gonna take the upset. I'm gonna take Iowa State to beat Iowa. There's a lot of emotion in that game. It's gonna be the first time that College Game Day's ever been there in Ames. Ames is a huge rivalry team. Iowa takes the loss and drops out of the top 25. Very nice. That's my pick. Uh, as a Nebraska fan, I am pro Iowa losing. And I grew up around uh, Iowa State, so I'm okay with Cyclone Nation taking that one home. Um, I'm going to go group of five. There you go. I'm going to go also against a Pac-12 opponent. I'm going to take the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Oh, why are you going against all of my teams? (laughs) Hey, I took one of your teams. That's where I was going next. Um, Hawaii, for those of you who may not be aware... It would currently be 2-0 in the Pac-12 with wins <laughs> over Arizona and Oregon State. Granted, those were not by a lot. Washington is not also a high-scoring team. I think staying within 21 is Hawaii's MO. I think that it's probably closer to 10. I feel good about that one. Give me Hawaii on the road. Okay, so I've got... I'm going over to the Big Ten as well, and I am taking Nebraska to cover 14 against Northern Iowa. I know it's a risky pick. Northern Iowa's played a couple teams pretty solidly, but eventually Frost has got to get his team together, and I think this might be the week that something happens. I could be completely wrong and regret this, but I guess we'll see. All right. I am back on the clock. I am looking at some different games here. I'm going to go with a wild card. I'm going with North Carolina plus three at Wake Forest. They upset Miami. They're 2-0. Mac Brown seems to be doing good things. We'll take North Carolina to pull that upset. I'm also going to take my wild card, and I'm taking, I can't believe I'm saying this, the Sooners to beat UCLA by 23 and a half. Jalen Hurts is a freak of nature. All right. Um, So I've got, what do I have left? I believe I've got SEC... And I need to pick someone in the Pac-12. I'm going to go to the Pac-12 because that has been way more crowded. 
on what we've taken. I'm going to take the USC minus four and a half. Uh, BYU struggled against the Tennessee Volunteers. I think USC surprised me with how well they played against Stanford. I'm going to take them to take that one home. I'm hopping over. My last pick is with the Pac-12 as well. And I am going to take Michigan State 14 over Arizona State. You have to take a Pac-12 school. Oh. You can take Arizona State plus 14. Never mind. I don't want to do that. Uh, You're right. I'm actually... Oh, I hate this. Um, you took the one, one, the one team that I won. And I can't take Washington because you already took Hawaii. <laughs> what do you feel about Cal minus 13 and a half? I'll take, I'll take Cal minus 13 and a half because it is North Texas. I was, that's why I went and took USC, folks, because sometimes <laughs> you get stuck in that bind and you go, no this bites. Um, we need conference play quickly. I'm going to go to the SEC because that's the only one I have left. I'm going to take the number two team in the nation, Alabama, minus 25 and a half, on the road at South Carolina. I don't like spreads like that on the road, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Let's move to the NFL. So when we do the NFL, we're doing it. We can we each pick the conference. We each we only get there's four games each of us. If the conference is taken, it's off the board. Just making sure I was understanding. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump straight into the AFC North. I'm taking the Browns to turn turn it around this week and beat up on the Jets. Browns minus two and a half goes to Travis. Yep. I am going to go to the NFC West. Seahawks plus four and a half on the road. At, Seattle, at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh did not look good week one. No, they did not. Seattle didn't look the best, but I'm going to take my they chances. better than the Pittsburgh. Yes, they did. Um, I am going to hop over into the NFC North, and I'm going to quickly take my Vikings to beat your Packers. That's okay. I'll help you get that pick wrong anyway. <laughs> uh, I thought about taking that one first, but I decided against it. Um, I'm going to go with another one that I feel like is a gimme. But I'm going to take the Patriots minus 19 at the Dolphins to take the AFC East pick off the board. God, that is such a big spread for college. For NFL. <laughs> or you're not NFL. Uh, you're right. Um, I, so we have... NFC East. South and East and AFC South and West. <coughs> Throw me down for the Texans to beat the Jaguars by nine. Got it. Let me take a quick look. Um, I don't like them. I'm taking the Cowboys minus five and a half at, at the Redskins. Oh. Apparently I'm taking a lot of road teams. What is this, Thanksgiving? That is not, not what I normally like to do. No, it would be in Dallas if it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so, NFC South. I'm going to hop my booty over there. Let me check out the spreads for them real quick. And I think I'm going to... Oh, man, that's hard. NFC South has Bucks and Panthers on Thursday night. You've got yeah. the Saints at the Rams. Um, and and the Eagles at the Falcons. We have the AFC West still. Okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah, you're going AFC West. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the Chiefs to dominate the Raiders this week. I'm not really surprised. When you said NFC South, I was like, oh, Chiefs minus eight. I can finish uh, <laughs> out that pick. Oh, frack. I got to go with the NFC South. Oh, there's just no um, games there. 
you know what? I've said this many times. In Thursday night games, the home team usually wins and wins mm-hmm. well. Give me the Panthers minus seven at home. That's a big I know that it is not my favorite game, but I also know the Panthers didn't play completely miserable against the Rams. And Jameis Winston can always throw some touchdowns for the Panthers. You so, want to take the Falcons to beat the Eagles? It was attempting, but I figured it's that not. Uh, one of our coworkers, who's an Eagles fan, actually told me he thinks the Falcons are going to win that game. Well, that's because he's really down on himself because he's also a Tennessee fan. Fair, fair I mean, enough. Sports aren't a good thing for him right now. Well, friends, uh, I do want to thank you for joining us here with Brody Sports Talk. Again, my name is Caleb Walgren, and we've got Travis Conway. We're your hosts, and I hope you have a great NFL weekend. We'll be back with you again next week. Hopefully better points. We'll see. (laughs)